It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Game Speak Decides podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... Mike Minotti, that's me. On this week's episode, we're going to go over some news. We're going to talk about stuff that's happening in the world of games. Uh, we're going to also talk about what we've been playing. Uh, but first, I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. Uh, if you have something to share with the podcast, you can email us at GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com. If you are watching this on Facebook or YouTube, there's an audio version of the show that you can subscribe to. That's on uh Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere where you uh, catch those pods. Finally, if you like the show, you could rate us on Apple Podcasts, and it helps other people discover the show. Mike. Yo. How you doing? What you been up to? Oh, not much. How's your week off? It wasn't bad. You know, I took a long holiday weekend from July 4th through uh, Sunday, so it was a good five days, and it was nice. I got some stuff done around the house and then played some games here and there. You're about those staycations. I Yeah, I am. Um when we, we do travel, but we, we tend to save that for going home for Christmas since we're so far away from family. Plus, I mean, your kid's pretty small. So there's not a whole lot right. of places you could take her right now. Exactly. So we've been doing road trips. Like we did Mount Rushmore like late last year or something like that. And that was, that was fun. That was a good time. Um, but we'll probably do that. I'm taking another a little break here at the end of this month. We'll, we'll probably do a road trip, road trip then. But a big part of that vacation is also a staycation too. So. I'm into it. Um, I like it. I like it. I like it. How about you? How was your fourth? I was pretty good. It was quiet. Most of my family thinks were the weekend before, so it wasn't doing too much. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I, I was really, I was having a good time and then the people just kept doing the fireworks and it's like, ah, it's kind of like, and not just like on the fourth, like through the sure. entire weekend on Sunday That's night. how it goes. I know it is how it, yeah, for sure. But it's like, but it is annoying. Weird. The charm wears off, for sure. Sure, sure. It's exciting on the 4th of July, right? It's almost like seeing oh, yeah. Snowfall at Christmas, like, oh, they're playing fireworks. Mm -hmm. And like, there's Sue, nice come out here. <laughs> there's a hill at the end of my uh, of, at the end of my road here where I can go out and like look over like the entire town that I live in, and you can see fireworks going off all over town, and that's really cool. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, have you been playing anything, though, Mike? That's what I'm interested in here. Well, I've been playing Octopath Traveler. Uh, How is that? Is that a good video game? Hmm. Uh, well, if, wait, wait, wait. What were you expecting from this game first? Like, I, I remember seeing this for a while now. It's been one of the games that's coming to the Switch that I think a lot of people are excited about because it's beautiful looking. Um, and it's like, oh, it's like a traditional JRPG. It's like, oh, if they kept making RPGs. Uh, in the Super Nintendo style when it went to PlayStation and PlayStation 2 or whatever. Um, and then now the game's out, or the game's coming out, and you're reviewing it. What is your feeling about that expectation? Well, that stuff is act it actually kind of hits pretty well, right? Uh, it looks really, really good. I, I call it like it's almost like a shadow box like version of an RPG, right? It's like something <laughs> right. you would like go to Hobby Lobby to make a JRPG. Something <laughs> like that. If that makes any sense, like it, it looks really cool because it is like these sprites still, like everything's sprites, but there's this weird depth to things. Right, like like things almost kind of look like these paper houses almost. So, and the 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 combat's really good too. This this is the bravely default people, and there's a bit of that in like the way you kind of like can sort of like have a resource that lets you take extra turns and stuff like that. But then there's a bit more of this almost Shin Megami Tensei thing where you're exploiting enemy weak weaknesses to put them in this dazed state so that you can deal more damage to them. So the, the combat is really good and satisfying. The structure is just kind of not really working for me. So like, so the whole point of this game is that there's eight characters, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they kind of each have their own story. You can start as any of them. Now, other games have kind of done a similar thing, like like the, some of the Saga games and what have you. And the way it's work works there is you kind of like pick one of the characters, you play as them for a while, and then you like you go to one of the other campaigns, and they kind of all converge at some point, right? Here, it's like you, you pick a character, you play their little campaign, and then you start going around the world map, and the first thing you really need to do is get the other characters. And the way that works is you go to like the town where that character is, you talk to them, and then it just kind of starts their chapter one. And you're there for the fights of their chapter one, but otherwise, like, these characters aren't in, in your, like, intermingling in the stories. So the point of almost absurdity sometimes, uh, but, like... What, what, do you, what, what do you mean they're not... in Like, the characters that you are collecting, or that you are... That you get to play as don't intermingle with each other? Yeah, they don't talk to each... Like, because... Well, because all these 
first chapters have to happen as if nobody else is in the party, right? Because they could be right. the first okay. one. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, when you, like, all the story stuff, it's just that character is there. And so, and, and then after, like, you do these first chapters, which is a long process. That's ten hours right there. And it's kind of weird and disconnected, like, because it's very formulaic, right? Like, each person, it's intro, cutscenes, and story stuff. Then you kind of walk around, then more cutscenes. Then you go to a dungeon, you beat the boss, more cutscenes, then you leave that town. And, you know, that's the formula for all of these things. And they're similar because anyone could be the first one you do. That is weird. Right. It feels the- like they should have just, like, you pick one and then you kind of don't get the entire origin story for each character. Well, you skip to their second chapter or whatever. But it, it can't really work with that because I don't know if these stories ever really converge. I think each character just has kind of four or five chapters. Like, once you do all the one, the chapter one stuff, this is kind of where I am now. I'm, I'm like not allowed to talk about the content here, but I'm about to do it. You just go to each character's chapter two story. Hmm. And I, I'm not sure, I don't think there's really necessarily any more mingling. It's just you go to the town, you say, I'm here for this character's chapter two story. And then that stuff happens. And it's not like, you know, my mage is doing something and then all of a sudden my thief comes in and like has a little quip here you know it's it's it's, right because you could even not actually get them if you wanted to you could just like get the first character then grind all the way to you reach the level requirement for the next one it's all weird stuff hmm so is that what's kind of throwing you off everything else or is it like powering through is it good enough in other ways that you're powering through the stuff that you're not sure about i mean powering through that might be the word where because it's like it's hard to get a lot of enthusiasm when you don't have that connection to the characters, especially like the party and the story and some of that other stuff. So mm-hmm. it's not, it isn't quite as exciting, right? Like, Oh, I got to do this and get to the next thing. It doesn't quite feel like that, but yeah, it's just, it's just a weird structure. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if these things ever really come together or if the whole thing's like this. And, and if it is, I feel like that's not going to really work. Does it is it nice that it feels like it's a developer taking chances in this space at least? Well, I don't know. Like I said, we've had other JRPGs where it's like here's all these multiple stories and pick which one right. you want. Like the things that are interesting to me here are the art style and the battle system. Like that's stuff's right. you know pretty cool. I almost kind of just would be fine with that and not this sort of. And it, this is obviously the Sony play, right? It's called Octopath Traveler. Mm-hmm. Like look at all these different things you can do. So yeah, my understanding, I'm, I'm, or my guess was that you would just pick one of these characters, and they would be like your point person, and then if you wanted to, you can go back and play the game from a different perspective. But it would like it would only change certain things, and it doesn't sound like it's that's that's not how it works at all. No, each character of these each of these characters kind of has like their own mini RPG story. Yeah, and weird. you go through it, and you can collect the other people, and they'll like they'll be there to fight, and you kind of you know really should need to because so much of the game is you know exploiting weaknesses which is like, you know, weapons are elements, so you kind of need more party members to help you do that. But yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I'm not sure what to make of this quite yet. Like, again, and it's kind of a weird thing to say 10 hours in, but it happens with JRPGs. I mean, Xenoblade was pretty similar. 10 hours into that thing, you barely were going. But but it's not like that, where Xenoblade was pretty clear, like, oh, I just haven't, like, done everything yet, or I haven't unlocked all the systems. I kind of unlocked all the systems. It's just, is this the formula? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's, it does sound like something that I wouldn't be into no, on the structure alone. No, I mean, if you're not already a JRPG boy, like, you're right. not going to have any... Right, I'm, I like the look of it, and I tried the, the first demo, and I was like, there's maybe something here. Uh, right, but, well, that, like, know. the demo is just one of the chapter ones, right? So it's just eight of those, and the first thing you do is all eight of those. I mean, you could skip one, but then you're just going to have to grind so you can... Because, like, after you do those eight ones, like, the, there's level requirements for the next chapter things, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 interesting, man. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it it sounds different. I yeah, I I don't know. I I wonder if other people are going to react the same way to you. It does sound like people have been. I have been seeing people discuss the structure of the game, and people seem hesitant about it. So, yeah, it's so uh, weird. I, don't, I don't think you're going to be alone in in that opinion on it. Um, any anything else on Octopath before we move on? No, I don't want to be all down. Like in the Bowsum is really well, yeah. fun, and it looks real good, but I don't know about it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe it could still come together for you. Like you said, you're 10 hours into a JRPG. That's a weird place to be, like, relative to other games, 10 hours. Right, exactly. So, we'll we'll see. Yeah. 
Um, I, I've been playing a few things. I, you know, I took some time on that uh, on that staycation to check in a few games that I've been meaning to play. One new one came out that was just a remaster. Uh, I'll start with Frostpunk. I, I've probably only played like four or five hours of this, but uh, I really, really like it. Um, are you aware of Frostpunk? This is that all? thing was a couple months ago everyone was talking about, or last month. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple months ago. It, so it's basically a... Um, a city management game, but it's the last city on earth after the entire planet has frozen over. And it's, you know, it's up in this, you know, it seems like it's like kind of way up North. Why you would want to go further North when the world is frozen over. I don't know, but it seems like it's like this far up North crater that they've built this, um, coal powered power generator into that has like, you know, shooting out fire and stuff and it's able to warm the stuff around it. And then you just build the city in, like little cones around it so like you're just filling in slots of the circle almost like uh the pies of a um trivial pursuit game uh just but you're building further and further out you know from that center circle um and it's all about managing the morale of your people and making sure you're bringing in enough food and managing resources and sending people out to go bring in new people um and making laws like one of the first laws i passed was get those kids to work like child labor laws i know yeah but it was like only safe and then like later if like as i got a chance to pass other laws it was like no the kids work in all the places we don't care about safety so much anymore and at the beginning at the beginning it's like you know it's it's minus four degrees uh fahrenheit that's you know okay we're doing fine people are getting enough food this is fine and then all of a sudden it's like oh we're gonna have a cold spell like what do you mean a cold spell it's already cold it's negative 44 degrees fahrenheit now and it's like oh okay i get why i would want to be the bad person that makes the kids work and not only work work 24 hours without a break like that's another law so like that can't just be done 24 hours without a break well, I mean, they, they did take breaks, but like 24 hours without sleeping and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, this, they have breaks. Well, this can't sleep. We need coal. If we run out of coal, everyone dies. And you guys are the ones working at this coal factory. Get to oh, work. God. Oh, man. Or else I kill Mickey Mouse. And it's oh. like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I know. It, it's pre- it's a, pretty harrowing it's stuff. It's a rough world. It, but that's the whole thing. It's like it, it really sells the concept of you, this is a rough world. And you're going to have to make tough decisions and everything is a tough decision. Uh, and in that first hour where you are just getting your feet and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to try to be the good guy. I'm going to try to do stuff. I'm going to make sure everyone gets enough food and is able to go to sleep and stuff that passes quickly j- just based on what you're facing. <laughs> um, but it's really good. It's like really well done. It's very easy to get the, gr- uh, the, the grasp of all the systems because um, everything is just right in front of you. You don't have to worry about like scrolling over to the other side of your city. It's like everything just fits on the screen right there. And the only stuff that's happening off screen is you're sort of sending these Assassin's Creed Brotherhood style, like uh, assassins off to go do stuff, but they're just, they're, uh, you know, guys going out to save other people, bring them back. Sick of that. I mean, I think I feel like people got sick of that like uh, last year or a couple of years ago. It was definitely in, it, it was in a lot of games, uh, but I, I for I think I've just I I've missed a lot of them that have been in uh, that have had that recently. There was a couple like back to back games after Brotherhood that really leaned on that heavily, uh, and no one's really done it as well as Brotherhood. Or wasn't it never felt as satisfying? Um, but so I I didn't grow too tired of it, and now that it's in this, I'm like, oh, that's nice. It gives my it just adds another thing that, that my brain can be like, oh, I could check in on that. Maybe they've returned. Maybe the time. Like, I, I guess I'm saying because World of Warcraft started doing it like uh, two expansions ago, and now it's right. like I'm doing that crap all the time. Like, oh, great. Yeah. If it was, if it was, like, if it was something I was dealing with nonstop in like a lot of different games or one game that I played a lot, I'm sure I would be more sick of it. Uh, but I, I do appreciate it in this game and just in the way it's set up. Just because, like, it does make more sense in this game, too, because you are, like I said, dealing with everything right there in front of you. So you kind of want something to, like, distract you a little bit. Um, but it's really good. And it's a, a game that, like, if I get time, that's the one I want to be playing more than anything else right now. Um, I also uh, finally started playing the Sexy Brutale, which is... So it's on it's on Switch. It was on PC last year, and I had it on PC, and I always meant to try it, but I'm like, ah, I got it on Switch. I'll just try. I'll play it there. So it's this um, it's basically like a, a dinner theater, like a murder mystery dinner theater kind of thing, um, where you get to control time and you have to learn the pattern of each murder to solve it and then stop it. Oh, that's fun. So like, uh, for example, like the first one was. Uh, the guy, like you see the murder happen. The guy has a gun. He's kind of off to the side. You can't see him. And he shoots the guy that you're, that you need to go get the watch from. So you can actually get more, more access to time. Um, so what you do is you go and you hide in the closet where the guy got the gun from. 
and you see him uh, and you track him and he goes around to like try to find bullets. And when he's doing that, he drops uh, in the same place where he's getting those bullets from. He drops some blanks. So you take those blanks, you pick those off the ground and you run them over to the gun. You put those in the gun instead. And so when he fires the gun, it's blanks. And then the other guy has a chance to like fight back or whatever. Uh, Did you ever play Ghost Trick? Uh, no, I didn't, but I always meant to. It's, it's kind of it's similar. It's kind of, yeah, sort of, a, kind of the same thing. It, it, what, what's happening here is, like, I, I, you know, the first time through, I didn't notice the blanks. Uh, that's something like the third time through, I, I realized that's what was happening over there. And I'm like, okay, I can go put that in the gun. I already figured out where the gun was. So you're just piecing information together about each of these crimes until you get to a point where you're like, you have the full picture, and then you can act on it. And it's very satisfying because everything's clockwork everything's happening on a certain schedule um the game doesn't like you can't really be seen by the enemies if they, they see you the room turns red and you're just supposed to run away and that's like your the power of your mask you everyone has these masks uh it's like a mask party casino kind of thing um and so like it's there's not like a lot of punishment it's just like go out there figure out what's going on and then figure out how to act on it and i'm i'm really digging it the problem is it does run rough on the switch it's a uh, like isometric 3d game um, I, I, and I, I had heard people mention this before when I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally gonna play that on the Switch. I'm like, oh, whatever. And it's like, okay, actually, it is kind of bad. Um, if it, it gets to a point where it's like, it does load a long time on certain doors and it freezes here and there. Uh, so yeah, it, that's been a, a disappointment. And for some reason, I went back and booted up on the PC just to see how good it looked. And it looks way better on PC. And I'm like, oh, I should just play it there. But, uh, Switch Major is so simple. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, just a couple other things. I Red Faction Gorilla Remastered Edition, which that, I know that's is so far. Yeah, I I mean, the destruction in that game really is you know kind of second to none. I don't. I mean, it, it's strange how even still, right? Right. I I just think that people like don't want to make games that way. They want to developers want to be much more in control of the way that you're having fun. And this game's like, no, just go be an asshole that will destroy anything, and we'll figure out. We'll throw some stuff at you here and there, but we know that's what you're here for. Um. But yeah, it's still just great to see to, to feel that uh the, the sledgehammer just slice through brick walls like butter and just tear like it just shreds it apart and then then you just move a little bit to the left and you do it again and you shred that wall apart too and then eventually if you hit it in enough spots at the base of the thing a giant tower will fall down and it does it in such a it looks so good right because it like it just slowly crumbles and then it's like it's also still falling over but then like as the other parts of the the tower hit the ground they are also breaking apart and it's just it's really impressive and, and satisfying okay, man i kind of i do kind of want to get like try that i mean if you yeah. and if you own it on pc you already have the remastered edition so that, oh geez i wonder if i do yeah, now what if I ever yeah, picked so it up at a like, Steam shit sale or something? I know, yeah. Someone Probably gifted did. it to me like years and years ago, and I never actually went around to play it. I'm like, now this is perfect. Great. I just checked, and I, I have it right here. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons I did play it. Um, finally, I um, I booted up a Virtual Boy emulator for the Oculus Rift, and it was kind of amazing that Virtual Boy games are playable now. Um, it's it, it, This emulator, I think it's called VB Gen or something like that. Uh, it's been out for a while, but I finally just tried it out. And it has this immersive mode, which makes it so you can actually like look around in a way that the Virtual Boy never could. Like it, you, you can just have it be, you know, static and in front of you exactly like the Virtual Boy. But if you turn on immersive mode, it's like right there in front of you. You look around, you can look right, and there's Wario over there or whatever. Uh, and I just kind of played through a bunch of Virtual Boy games, and they were... Uh, some of them are, are, are still really bad. But, you know, they were all launch games for a new piece of hardware. Yeah, but some so, of them are pretty cool. But some of them are pretty cool. And Warrior I like I'm, Land. Well, I liked Mario Clash actually. Yeah, I didn't. It's one game I didn't boot up, but I'm I'm gonna go back in there because I want to play. Um, I need to play a little bit more of those. You can like play Jack Brothers now and a lot yeah, of rare it, things. Right, I want to get out. I, I didn't boot up a Telero boxer either, which I liked a lot at the time. I'm like, I, that would probably be even better now. I'm just glad that like these games aren't like going to be lost. So like this is exactly. away. Yeah, they are to- like Nintendo has no interest in, in saving them. I mean, Nintendo it, like well, they, they had a chance with the 3ds. Like they could have right. done it there, and then no. yes, absolutely, they could have, and they they had no interest in doing so. And I, I I guess I don't blame them, but also like, come on, save your history. But whatever. Um, but no, you're right. This is it. This is a great way to play these games. It's comfortable. Uh, it works fine. I mean, some of the games aren't comfortable. 3D Tetris is an abomination. It is just of a, a foul game to be inside of. Uh, the way that that the camera works and the pieces move and the frame rate's really low, and it's just bad. 
And I'm what I want to do is I want to like take that game and like really analyze it and then like maybe um, contrast and compare it to Tetris Effect when that comes out. Um, some I, I reached out to uh, to the company that's making that game and like, hey, can we talk about this? Have you guys ever played this old one? Uh, we'll see if that works out. But yeah, it was it was cool to just to finally get a chance to play them. Would you believe I own Red Faction Armageddon on Steam, but not Red Faction Guerrilla? I, I owned Red Faction Armageddon 2. I saw that when I booted it up, and I have no memory of buying that. I think that, that was the one that came out after Gorilla, right? I think so, and it must have been it's like, like, it's, a humble. It's pretty a humble, similar. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, but I'm like, it must have been in a humble bundle yeah. or something. That's the only yeah. reason. Because I, 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 played, I played Gorilla like, on the 360. You know? Oh, yeah. Some of those games that dropped in price pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, I mean, and it was it was a very early 360 game. It was like um, 2007 or something like that, or oh, really? maybe 2006. <laughs> In that range, because like you could tell, because like it doesn't like stick to the um, the the formula for shooting, where like you hold down left trigger and then shoot with the right trigger or whatever. It's like it has like like right click to like look down the sights or something like that. It was weird, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I I'm I'm gonna get back into that game too. But uh, of everything I'm playing, like I said, Frostpunk's the ones at top at the top of my mind. So I'm gonna try to make some time for that every night this week. See if I can get through a full game. Uh, and then maybe move on to something else. Uh, but Mike, that does it for me for the uh, the games I've been playing. Uh, do you need to take a break or anything? Or are you ready to get right on to Are you asking me if I need to go pee-pee? M- Mikey, do you got to use the facilities? No, I'm good. Let's just do it. I'm ready. All right. It worked. Oh, God. It worked. Yeah, it worked. All right, so we're getting into the news now. Um, up first, I, I wanted to talk about this ArenaNet story that happened last week while I was off. It was kind of one of the things that I was like half paying attention to, half like I'm glad I don't have to like immerse myself in this. Uh, mm. uh, you, you, I think you were immersing yourself in this a little bit, right? Like, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to work on a story here. Yeah, and uh, it's hard. This whole thing's a, a mess. It's a mess. It's it's um, it sucks, and it's a mess. Um, it sucks. It's a mess. It's it's like kind of one overreaction then followed up by a like a bigger worse overreaction right yeah because like um, I, um you can explain what the situation is i guess well yeah and help me out here because like i said i was only half paying attention but here's here's my understanding is um jessica price was a writer uh for arena net uh, the developer of guild wars 2 and she decided to do a a thread of tweets on Twitter where she explained why it's so difficult to do branching dialogue in a mass massively multiplayer online game, such as guild wars two. Um, it was a, uh, you know, it was a thorough thing. It was clear that, that she has expert level understanding of her job. Makes sense. Um, in response to that, uh, she got a, 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 someone who is a partnered content creator on YouTube for guild wars two, uh, said, yeah, th- this is this is great stuff. I just I disagree. Here's how you could do this in the game, and she was I think she was sort of not having it at, at, at that point, uh, and she quote tweeted him basically saying, oh here we go again. Here is a um, another guy telling me how to do my job. It's just another day of being a female ga- game developer. Uh, and then I think she followed up by calling him a, a like or not calling him saying that this is what I deal with from rando asshats. Yeah, so uh, she, she was she was clearly rude. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think rude. Okay, I don't know if it's clearly. I think there's a, definitely a way to interpret that easily as rude. I also think that maybe she's just like, come on, I don't want to. I, I I am sure. I'm well, an I expert mean, at my job, and you're coming at me with well, like these very. Sometimes you can be rude for you know. Uh, you're, okay. Yeah, I, 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 yes, and I, I won't say that. If, like, I won't sit here and argue like no one could consider that rude. It definitely. Sure. Yes. Sure. I'll concede that. Um, but what happened after <laughs> that? that well, yeah. Um, the 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 uh, I can't remember his name uh, from. It's it's not fries, but it's like well, I think it's like freeze or something. Freeze. Okay, so this Peter is another freeze. writer. Peter Freeze is another writer with Guild War or, or uh, with Arena Net on Guild Wars Two, and he was like saying, "Look, just kind of put." And he was talking to the guy, I think, uh, and he was saying, "Put in perspective, man. You weren't. No one asked you for your opinion. She didn't ask you, and you came and kind of told her how to do your job." Uh, and 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 the way he explained it, I, I thought was very um, not rude. He was not. No, he was being, um, you know, he was taking her side. I guess if you think we don't think of it at schoolyard terms, but yeah, he was right. Rude. And it, well, <laughs> and it seems like God, schoolyard terms might be the way that some people are thinking about this, who have higher positions of authority in this whole situation. Um, I mean, but the reaction to this was, 
on the Guild Wars Reddit or subreddit, um, they were like, oh, she's calling people rando asshats. We want their jobs, basically, or they're freaking out. They were pr- mad about it because, of course, they have something to be mad about, mad about and they're going to blow it off proportion because there are always those fans who do that about all these things. And ArenaNet's reaction to this was to fire both of them. Um, both of them. Like, to first off, fire. And yes. Both of them. Right. Um, but I mean, even firing her. And yeah, like, there's not anyone. It's nuts. I uh, had... And like, and like I said, I don't really like, like, you know me, I'm a little bit Mr. Sunshine Rainbows. Let's be nice to everyone. So I'm not a big fan of like the way she, she did react, right? The thing I could, I would yes. say like, ah, I don't think that's nice. That's not what, you know, this right. guy, maybe, maybe it's, maybe he's being a bit mean, but I don't, or maybe right, he's but, being a bit, not mean, but maybe he's not, maybe he's coming from a bad place from this, but still, but the reaction of this, but, but, but like you not liking the way she's reacting and then firing her. Like between between those two, two positions, aren't there a million miles? Yeah. Like, I, I don't you feel like there's like I am on Twitter a lot. You're not a guy that tweets a lot, right, Mike? No. I, I, and I, I tweet a lot because and I, of stuff like this, really. Yeah, and I get yeah, and I get into it with people, and I've never really felt like my job was in jeopardy. And it would be, I think, it would be kind of absurd at this point if I found out that it is ever because of the stuff I say on Twitter. Um, but people definitely tried to get me fired for the stuff I've said. Uh, absolutely, or they're just mad that we got in an argument or something. And they tried to get me fired. And I, I just, it would never go from zero to 60 like that for my job. And I'm very grateful for that. And it seemed like, and, and it doesn't even seem like, it's, it, they've kind of confirmed at this point that that's what happened here is the the management at ArenaNet was not involved in this. And then as soon as they got involved, the first thing they did was fire them. There was no right. steps. It, there was no warning. There was no conversation. It, it sounds like very specifically the um, the president, and I, I can't remember the name now. He was just personally did not like this and was upset. And like, right? Hell's you know, there's hell going to be to pay, and that's yeah. And I, I also like set like to make an example. So Mike O'Brien is the is his name, and here's um here is what he po- posted on the Guild Wars forum um in response to people freaking out about this. Recently, two of our employees failed to uphold our standards of communicating with players. Their attacks on the community were unacceptable. As a result, they're no longer with the company. I want to be clear that the statements they made do not reflect the views of ArenaNet at all. As a company, we always strive to have collaborative relationships with the Guild Wars community. We value your input. We make this game for you. It's like that um, thing you say when like one of your employees says the N-word on Twitter or something. Right. Exactly. It's like, and it's man. it's... And it's just completely like they weren't getting paid to be on Twitter. Like you don't pay them to be on Twitter. Well, They're, yeah, that's, that's, and, that's, and, go ahead. Sorry. It's so they, so when she goes on there and explains an aspect of her job and why it's hard and then, and then people, you know, want to disagree with her. And she's like, look, I really do have an expert level understanding of my own job. And you were coming at me with some very, Fun, like rudim- like rudimentary ideas about how it could work when I I've already explored all the reasons why it can't, and and, and I'm going to be rude about this because because it does it does feel like it's a part of the the dog pile you're piling on of all these people that just don't get it and feel like they know my job better than me. Uh, I'm going to be rude about it, and and she she's doing all this like separate from what she gets her paychecks for, and then she goes into work and she gets fired for it because. It, it, it just feels like he is uh, Michael Bryan feels like he has uh, uh, control over what people can't say and, and can say, and they want to have that conversation and what they want their employees out there talking to people on Twitter for the company. Uh, but if you fuck up, that's it. Get out of here. And it's just such a embarrassing thing for arena to be, to be involved with. And if that's their position, it's embarrassing. The thing I'm finding interesting, and it's the kind of thing I want to like really look into, is this this kind of weird sort of requirement that I or this expectation that people have these game developers that all their employees are like de facto PR public relations like community managers, right? And that at all times they have to like you know bend over backwards this customer is right like as if they're like you know somebody's server at a restaurant right like everything's like you're right no this is great we love everything you guys have to say haha our fans are the greatest fans in the world blah 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 you know lip service lip service and you know that's it's never like accounted into anything about their job you know like 
that's always emotional labor, like a lot of other places, you right. know, like, yeah, like that's taken into account. And there's just, and, and part of it is because of companies that like just happen to do that stuff well, like Blizzard, and, and that even then there's constantly problems with it, right? Or, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it's just this weird thing, like, have we gone too far with this? Is it really fair for us to expect every single, what, writer for this game to have to like, engage positively at all times with every member of the community and pretend like they like all of their feedback and they value all of their feedback. Like we know that those are the buzzwords that we value all your feedback. Right. (laughs) Do we, do we, do they actually have to live that 24 seven? And it's such a, um, that whole idea, the, the, the customer's always right. And we value your feedback. Uh, it's such a lie at this point too, because, Customers say shit all the time. They all, everyone contradicts each other, and uh, most people that say stuff don't mean what they say. And we can prove that based on behavioral data. Just looking at like they have so much more information based on the way that you use your money and the way you spend your time in the game that they ap- almost absolutely don't need your feedback. It is not helping them, and it's only creating like situations like this one or, or the potential for situations like this one. Uh, and so when, when someone comes in and tries to you know say stuff. It's like, first of all, uh, we have we have to assume that you are doing so from a position of, of good faith. Where we've seen enough times, at least you know, like I said, I'm on Twitter all the time. I've seen enough conversations start exactly the way that guy started his conversation. That is uh, immediately undercut by the fact that he, oh no, they're just trying to get one over, or they're just trying to win a point, or score a point in an argument to make themselves feel feel better because they are mad at the game about something. And 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 so. When we put people out there like this into that situation, it does feel like it's just it's only creating problems, and we all know that it's a lie. We all know that the the um that we are always listening to your feedback is a joke at this point, right? Like everyone knows that, and it's so it's also weird when people come out like, oh no, you you have to listen to my feedback or else you you know you won't have a customer, and if you don't have customers, then you can't make a game and you don't have a job, so you need me, so you have to listen to me, and you have to put up with all of my bullshit, even. When it does seem like he was being pretty, you know, the original tweeter here in this case was being pretty uh, um, tame or pretty mild. It, it still is part of this overarching thing that everyone deals with who is on social media at all times. And it's uh, it's a lot. And it's kind of I, I just feel I wish we could be more honest about the way people are engaging with one another. Right. And it's just I don't know. It's just this another weird fence that goes up between what game like the normal gaming audience the journalists and and the developers because everyone i don't know everyone feels differently about these things and yeah who's who's gonna like start risking their like who will risk their job by actually communicating with anyone anymore i mean oh gosh i mean it already wasn't happening very much because right well because people were afraid of when you say something they hold like they hold it to you like you can't say look we're working on this feature then all of a sudden that feature gets shelved for some reason then it's right. like they lied to us they, they are no no man's sky like everyone no one wants to be no man's sky it's like yeah sure they they made a lot of promises they didn't live up to um it's not worth like holding a like uh, i just think of like a weird trial in like star trek where we put the developers in the middle of a room and everyone's in the shadows like throwing all their words back at them um and every developer lives with that as a potential situation that they could end up in all the time. So yeah, it was already happening. And now on an individual level, like who would risk it? I, I wouldn't yeah. if I were in this situation. No. Yeah. I have very low stakes and I don't risk it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, if I was, if, you know, I, I have a, a family to feed and all those cliches or whatever, you got to put a roof over their heads. So I, I f- feel a little bit, scared occasionally i'm like oh man i should I, and, I, and i have pulled back on twitter a little bit i've tried to be um less uh abrasive at all times i'm still 90 percent 90 percent of the time still very obnoxious and abrasive but i've tried to pull back here and there um and it's and it comes from that point where i'm like oh man i really don't want this to turn into a thing and then lose my job because of it and that would that would be a problem um but th- this has such a, a larger chilling effect because it was it's such a we're, we're going to see the ripples of this for a, a bit still, I think. Yeah. I I think the last thing I would, I would say about this is, uh, man, it seems like developers need to unionize, right? Like, they need yeah, to just have a do. union just to, they like, yeah. protect it's like, them. Cause, it's, like, so obvious. I, yeah. I don't know, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, so in 2008... We got we we went into the Great Recession, and everyone's job was worth so little because the like there was 
25 people for every job. Everyone wanted every job. And, and, and so, uh, you know, businesses, companies, corporations didn't have to treat workers with a lot of uh, respect or with a lot of care. And, you know, now we're in a situation where there are like half of people for every job. Like the people are like every company is desperate for workers for every position. And they still haven't really started treating anyone with respect or anything. So it's like, if that's not going to like, if, market forces aren't going to force them. You really just have to leverage the power of collective bargaining. And yeah, it's just obvious that they need protection in situations. Like It'll, it, it, I mean, we already saw a lot of stirrings of it starting yes, at CDC. It and I, I think that, I think it's on its way. Yeah. Without a doubt. And it'll, uh, it'll probably be for the, for the best. All right, Mike, thanks for helping me figure out that story. Um, I, I'm, really, I'm glad cause I'm like trying to figure it out too, because yeah, I, it's, it's like, I, I think, it's, it is weird. It, there's so many, I don't know, there's so many ways to this. First, you hear what happened, you go, that's awful. Then I like, you see the exchange and you're like, oh, she's a little mean. But then you're like, wait, she was fired. This guy was fired. Like, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. I don't know. And, and, I, just, and I, I think some people take it too far, like in, in, in some directions. Like, I think uh, some people are saying, oh, oh, Reddit got her fired. I'm like, no, I think that this weird jerk boss got her fired. Uh, yeah, I, I, but Reddit, it definitely emboldens Reddit to like, there was sure. people were pulling quote. And I, I mean, of course, everyone on Reddit's going to say everything at all times. So you could pull a quote for anything, but people are like showing stuff like, oh, uh, you know, they're running scared. And if they ever do anything, they know that yeah. we have their uh, our that, boots on their throats. That one, like, I was that one I was suspect of just because it literally like cut off where you could see if it was downvoted or not. Yeah. No. Yeah. C totally fair. Yes, absolutely. You know? And I, um, I was monitoring the Reddit and there are like some of them like. Most people are, to be clear, happy they're fired. But while I'm like, oh, it's real regretful that they were fired. But, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it shows that they really care about the community. It's like, oh, you're halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're maybe you're, you're a bit of the way there. I don't know. You're, but. You're, ha you're, you're still holding yourselves like ransom in a really weird and backwards inverted way. Yeah. And it's fucking gross still. But you're halfway there. Yeah. All right. We, we should probably move on from this. It, it's such a pit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I just, I just, yeah, I feel for... Cause man, yeah, fuck a lot of people on Twitter who just like. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people whose their their thing is that they're kind of terse people, and a lot of times that works for you if you happen to be a guy. But people did not put up with that if you you just happen to be female, right? Uh, I think it that's can't, it can't be your the, thing, huh? I think that's probably the most basic thing here, the most fundamental element of what happened here. I think you're absolutely right. Um, okay, so this is like uh, let's switch topics a little bit. This is a, like a funner thing. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at this list, Mike, that I've put in here. The Steam's top. Yeah, I wrote about it. this. This is oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So finally, ah, oh, nice list of yeah, that exactly. bad taste out of our mouths of people <laughs> for real reasons. Oh, it's oh, laid on me, refreshing. No. Oh, so good. <laughs> The, oh, the Oasis the bottom in the, five. Do we realize anything mean about that? <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's an oasis in the desert, Mike. Um, okay. So these were like, they didn't number them. And I don't know if this is necessarily in order, but they just like rank stuff by like platinum, gold, silver, and didn't really define any of this stuff. I don't know if you got any more information on any of this. No, but they, these were, they, they're, yeah, they're, the terms are a little unclear. They're, they're valve about it. So these were the games that were in the platinum category in terms of uh, best sales through like 2018 so far, and it includes free to play games. So we're going to assume it also includes all microtransactions for yeah, any of these it's games. Revenue or yeah, exactly. Revenue, exactly. Um, so uh, I guess we'll, we'll start from the bottom here. Uh, Civilization Six, which yes, it does. Civilization Five, I think, was m more popular and more lucrative. I think than what Civilization Six has been, but it's still the series still has its sway, and Six is getting better because of expansions, of course. Um, and then next is, is Warframe, which is the first free-to-play game on the list. It's it's so... I still remember Warframe as just that game we all downloaded on our PlayStation 4s or Xbox Ones because <laughs> it was free. And, like, this game, like, is real successful now. Yep. I, and it, I mean, like, looks... And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, this kind of looks like a game I would like. Like, why am I not playing this? Yep, I'm, I'm not I'm really the, sure. I'm at the same position. I keep, like thinking about installing it and playing it for like the last couple of months. And I've, I feel like it's pushing me over the edge with the last uh, right. announcements of like what's coming in the next. And it's update. coming to switch. And it's like, Oh, yeah. that's like a neat game to like play sometimes on the switch. Maybe. Yeah. And especially if like, I don't know if it's going to have this, but if it has any of the cross account stuff where stuff transfers from switch to PC, I think it's exactly what it's going to have. Then, I'm, I'm then, not yes. super sure. I, yeah. yeah I, I, I would, yeah. I would assume that. 
And if that's the case, then hell yeah, I'm definitely going to be getting into it at that point. Um, next up is Counter Strike Go. Yeah, one of the also, per- perennial Steam, you know, success. Yeah, most story. played. So yeah, it's, so it's not a surprise that it also is doing really well with its microtransactions. It has a ton of cosmetic items, uh, so no surprise. Uh, and then, of course, Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> of course. People just love their. Grand I love Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, I got no, uh, what a great game! It's so what a great. It's, <laughs> it's continuous success delights me. There's there's <laughs> one thing I didn't get fired for when I was right. like, man, fuck Grand Theft Auto Five because it kept it you just gotta kept start selling. Talking to, I got to start talking to because they weren't happy with me, and I'm like, guys, no, it don't mean it like that. I love it's a fine game. It's. It's like, that's just what the kids say sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just like, what the uh, kids say. Yeah, like it's like when yeah. you find out that you're like your your friends got like this this like a uh, hot like new, yeah, go, go uh, fuck yourself, girlfriend yeah. or boyfriend. You're like, ah, oh, go fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Ah, stern talking to. Not fired though. No. Um, not yet. Anyways, we're working not on yet. It. We'll see. We're, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Next up, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. I think I mean a lot of these games are games that just have a lot of support. A lot of them are old games. I don't think uh, so far none of them have come out this year. Um, they've all had updates this year, major updates because of their their ongoing games as a service nature. Uh, but you know, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege is one of those games that came out in 2015, and it's just kept getting bigger because people like its competitive scene, and Ubisoft keeps supporting it with new updates. It's so weird. Um, it's it. it Counter Strike is so weird to me because all my memories of that game are from like 1999, <laughs> like the older version of it. Right. Yeah. 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 And I. Yeah. Yeah. That's the oldest game on the list, I think, Counter-Strike. Uh, well, it, it depends if you think of the Go version. or Even still, it might be the oldest game, huh? Yeah, I think even wow. still, maybe. Uh, but yeah, definitely Counter-Strike overall. Um, okay, so we've gone... We did GTA V, Rainbow Six Siege. Here's a game that's actually, I think, did come out this year. was Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, but it came out late last year, early this year. I can't it was, remember. It was pretty recent-ish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's one of, one of the more recent ones and it's not a games as a service, but it's definitely in that Skyrim category where it's open world and fantasy. Well, you know, medieval, it's not yeah. fantasy. Although it, it got like a lot of buzz coming up, like both good and bad. I think both right. of that just people were talking it. about it. People were talking yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, uh, I think kind of a vanilla sort of game where it's like, yeah, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Um, but it, it's, it's definitely done well. I think people just like those kinds of games and want more of them. Uh, so they wanted to reward this one. Uh, this is the the newest game on the list, Jurassic World Evolution. I think this um, is the most interesting game on this list. Like, yeah, not, yeah. not like tell literally the game th- itself, but like that it's on this list. Yeah, tell me what your thoughts are, because I have some too. I want to hear what yours are. Well, it's surprising, right? Because like they make, yeah. these same people make the much better Planet Coaster, right? Right. And a uh, much deeper game. Uh, you know, I, I think it's fair to say a better game. Like Jurassic World Evolution is fun. I liked it. I, I gave it like an 80. But this is just the power of licensing, man. Like, the right license with the right developer. Like, mm-hmm. how smart was it to just say, like, hey, here's the games that make that good game about making a theme park. Let's just have them make a Jurassic World park building simulator thing. And that was just, I think that was just a very easy sales pitch for everybody. Plus, you have the synergy of the movie coming out and all that stuff. Uh, they actually got that thing, like, primetime, like, stage stuff at like e3 and whatnot they marketed this game very well they're like hey jeff goldblum's hair isn't that fun everybody um uh, just i think it's a in the big, game more than the movie yeah yeah he really is i think it was just a big marketing and uh just kind of conceptual win and the game is actually fun like people aren't going to spread like horrible bad buzz about the game either so right yeah i mean people might have nitpicks but it, it seems it doesn't amount much more to much more than that uh i think yeah i think you're right at uh, jurassic park slash world is just continues to be this license that is monstrous it's huge it, it makes way more money than you even like realize whenever like you look at those movies like what it made it, how much it made like a billion and a half right. like what yeah yeah it's 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 nuts and it's weird because you know the, what you always hear about you know movie licenses is pretty much you know mobile for any of that anymore right and like this one it's and it, i think it is just like kind of that happy incident where Jurassic World slash Park happens to work for a genre that isn't just like the generic like first person yeah. or third person action game, even even though they could have made that also. Yeah, uh, but no, they 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 did a little bit more work than than they uh, have done in the past with movie licensed games, and it paid off. I'm glad because I love Frontier, and uh, this is probably yeah, a very uh, nice yeah. paycheck for them. Exactly, I'm glad. Make money, get that money. That's uh, what I always say. Put pump up it into. Planet Coaster and yeah, it's all good. yeah, exactly yeah. 
Um, uh, I'm sure they're gonna have to make Jurassic World Evolution two now, though. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, uh, PUBG is the next one after Jurassic World Evolution. Not not surprise it uh, left one point or went into one in December of last year, uh, and it went on sale for the first time just like a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's you know still a very popular game. It's still uh, regularly the most played game on Steam. So. Not, it's, not a feel, it's feeling a lot cooler now that it's so nestled in the shadow of Fortnite, but it's still making yes. money. Right, exactly. And it's just like, yeah, the big console version of one of these games is going to be the biggest one. And, and PUBG is just kind of trucking along and, and still has its fans, but it's it's not Fortnite. Um, and, you know, speaking of which, we should point out Fortnite not on this list, obviously, because it's Epic's game, Epic Game Launcher, not not uh, not available on Steam. Um Next up, uh, Warhammer Vermintide Two. That's uh, I think it's one of the, it's one of the games that came out this year. It's uh, I, I'm pretty good from what I've played. I've only played a couple of hours. Uh, this is one where we should go back to Mike. I think yeah, they I, got still a, have, I still want to try this. I know. Oh, yeah, we both have it, and I think there's some D, like free DLC coming out soon or free update that's gonna like change some stuff up. I think this is one where we should actually like just dive in because it might be. I, I definitely like what I've played. It's it's really impressive. It's like Left 4 Dead, but with uh, a lot more melee attacks. So yeah, I mean, so. it's a good get it. People like those kind of games, and it sounds like they kind of did a lot of uh, smart things here to improve this. I mean, I've never right, even heard sure that, that much about the, good. Yeah. yeah, I didn't hear much about the first one, and now all of a sudden the sequel is one of the uh, best uh, selling games. So there you go. Uh, and then of course Dota Two, which Another is perennial you know, valve, right? Game. Just. Right, just it's going to be the thing. You can only get it on Steam. It's huge. It's got a huge, you know, Im- immensely dedicated audience that is always going to be buying microtransactions, and they keep doing that. Uh, Far Cry Five is uh, number two if the list is ordered, which I think it might be, maybe. Um, and and that's um, yeah, that, that's not a surprise. Uh, Ubisoft's games always tend to sell super well. The Far Cry series just keeps getting bigger, I think. Um, and it was, I know Far Cry Five was. Among the best-selling games on console th- through this point of the year, so it's not surprising to see it doing this well on on PC as well. You know, it's also worth noting people. Some people do buy their games from Ubisoft through UPlay, so this wouldn't even this wouldn't even contain every single game sold on the PC, and it's still a, a platinum seller. Um, and then finally, Rocket League, uh, which you know, another game from 2015 or 2016, yeah. maybe 2015. The ones is just kind of becoming a perennial. Like this is always going to be doing well for right. a bit now. You know, it's got it's got a team that uh really knows what it needs to be doing when it needs like to rejuvenate the game. Um, and, you know, and, and unlike just a, came out, oh, sorry, go I was ahead. gonna say they just came out with one of those battle passes for for Rocket League, and it's like clearly uh, they they realized, yo, you got to have one of these if you're gonna compete in this games as a service space, and so they did. They have an advantage over some of these other kind of um, popular games as service things where they're they're not gonna have a direct competitor, right? right. Like it's not like exactly. no one's gonna come and Fortnite them. There's, right. There's, yes. If you want to play something like Rocket League, you're going to play Rocket League. Right. And it is on everything now, so they are well established. They yeah, no one can like do the same thing on a different console where they're not at. And maybe mobile, but even then, no. Um so yeah, I, I think it's a, a Do you feel any anxiety or anything about the fact that there are so few new games on this list cuz I I don't. No, that's just how Steam goes and there are, if you go to like what the next tier or whatever is you, you'll see plenty of those things. Right, exactly. That's where they sort of end up and it's like that that's probably enough money to justify to continue making these games especially for PC. Everyone seems more interested in PC these days. Madden's coming to PC for the first time in a decade it seems like. Um so so yeah, it seems like it's uh, doing just fine as a platform. Just games as a service continues to be where the real money's at. Yep. Big surprise. All right, let's move on to the rest of these news stories. Uh, kind of hit these headlines. Um, Todd Howard says, well, he said a couple of things. Let's start with this first one. Uh, service-based Fallout 76 doesn't mark the future direction of Bethesda. Uh, essentially, and, you know, after we just talked about this, but just because Fallout 76 is... You know, an online game, multiplayer game. I I would assume that it is the G- GTA Online of the Fallout universe. That would be my guess for what they're trying to go for. That yeah. doesn't mean that that that's what Bethesda is going to be doing exclusively from not here on out. Yeah, I mean, I think there's kind of like two parts of it. Part of it is like the desire to try something like that. Another part is the desire to like just kind of not straight up asset flip Fallout 4, but to do something with it, like another project, kind of like what they did with, with New Vegas. Uh, right. Even though that wasn't yeah. directly them. So, yeah. No, yeah, you're, you're right. They, I mean, this gives them a chance to experiment. They can use a lot of the work they did. And 
you know, this, this is probably an area where they do need to be uh, proficient in, in just in case like they don't have any other options going forward. If games as a service is like really the only viable thing, suddenly it doesn't seem like that's going to be a concern for Bethesda or at least Bethesda game studios, but maybe. Um, and then on the other end, there is the fact that Skyrim and fallout are always among the most played games on, on steam. Um, and if you're going to have games that people are playing all the time, like, why wouldn't you just set it up as a GTA Online version of those games? Like, it just makes so much sense. People want to play it that way, it seems like, almost. And maybe that's not what that indicates. Maybe the number of players doesn't indicate that. But there's definitely something to be taken advantage of to make m- even more money from these games. And maybe potentially make something great in the process. Who knows? We'll see. Um, another Todd Howard quote. Uh, if you want us to stop re-releasing Skyrim ports, stop buying them. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I think that you don't really need to say much more than that. I, I mean, mean, this wasn't... Like, I think a lot of people like to talk about it. I don't think that many people are no. actually complaining. That I agree. I, I think everyone gets it. it. Yeah, totally. I, I don't think anyone's really that. I mean, there are definitely people who are just sort of not into Bethesda games who are always like, oh, they're always so buggy and they're they're awful and they're just the same thing all over again and they just keep releasing Skyrim all over again. And those people maybe are serious, as serious as they could be without being fans. But no one who likes these games is actually really complaining all that much. They're happy that a Skyrim or a new Elder Scrolls is coming and, and they want that for sure. But they're not that upset that, oh, they got a new Skyrim on Switch or whatever. Um... Here's one Monster Hunter World is coming to the uh, Steam on August 9th instead of like I think what was uh, uh, I think assumed to be October I think they mentioned something about October in the past um it's coming much sooner than that August 9th uh that's less than a month away Mike this could be a very big PC game I think I think so too it's the it's uh I fell off on the PlayStation 4 version um and I'm, I I was just starting to kind of piece together how to play the game so I'm like all right I'm going to give it another go on PC, it's going to be 4K and 60 frames per second on my PC. That's going to be nice. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, it does seem like with with like Discord and things like that, like there's just a lot of potential for this game to really blow up for for um, a lot of people who've never touched a Monster Hunter game before. Yeah. yeah I think so. All right. Um, here's one I want to mess around with. I just kind of put, popped it in here. The 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 modding scene for Super Mario 64 has released a 60 frames per second version that runs in HD and widescreen. Um, the big thing here is 60 frames per second. Well, yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Cause I, I guess I never realized it didn't run in 60 frames yeah. per second, but yeah, of course it does. Cause, yeah. cause, well, some Intel 64 games do like, yeah. F zero X does famously somehow. So I was like, yeah, it's definitely neat. I, I'm a little skeptical of it. Cause like there are going to be some issues and, and they even said this, this fixes most of the issues you would expect that would come from doing this. I'm like, Oh, most of them. And it's one of the things where I'm like, eh, bar 64 is kind of fine the way it is. For sure. I, I it's, it's more just like a, uh, Oh, that's eye catching. I could tell that this looks smoother. It's neat. Right. I don't know if I need to like, I'm never going to feel like, Oh, this is the only way I could play no. this game. Um, I'm actually much more interested in, um, there's another mod for super Mario 64 that like, it's like a complete rework of the game. It makes it like harder and adds new levels Ooh. and it adds like the B suit and stuff from, uh, oh, really? and stuff. Yeah. I, I've, I've downloaded it. I'm going to install it and try it out soon. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm actually getting interested in like the, these like complete, uh, alteration mods. Um, th- there was one for Skyrim recently that like turned it into a whole new that's, campaign. That's a popular thing with the 2d Mario games. I've seen a lot of those, but not right. So exactly. Right. So I'm like, yeah, that that that's yeah, it's like a ROM hack almost, but apparently it's it's really highly regarded. People are really into it. And it's it just got an update recently, which is why people are talking about it again. I can't remember the name, but I'll bring it I'll probably bring it next week when we talk about what we what we've been playing, because I do have it like right here ready to go. Um okay, so uh, th- this kind of uh, the next couple of stories I think fit into a theme. Uh first up, the best insomniac or the best selling insomniac insomniac game ever uh is Ratchet and Clank 2016. Um which I think I'm slightly surprised about, but then you think about just how well the PS4 was doing in 2016, and uh, the people that own a PS4, and the the you know the, those games just seem to be hitting at the right time uh, for the people that have a nostalgia for all those old character action games. I guess it's a little surprising in that the PlayStation 2 has such a large install base, and right, but but I guess like an exclusive from Insomniac back then maybe didn't mean as much. Like so many people on PlayStation 2 were playing. What like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, and, and right, else. Madden, right? They weren't yeah. playing those those uh, mascot platformers. So very different audience for sure. Now it's like all the kids who grew up on those games 
are in their late twenties and early thirties. There was so much more of a stigma back then against like people like you. You heard that like tossed around all the time. Oh, this game's kitty. No one says right. that anymore at all. Like, no, was, for sure. It like it almost sucked Nintendo that generation, right? Because like, everything was mm-hmm. like, GameCube's kitty. Look at the like. It was this weird thing because so many of the people who were playing video games were like. 15 and 16 then i guess right i don't know but yeah yeah they were, it was insecure teenagers for sure it was, yeah it was there's like, a lot of that it was uh, uh, that was definitely the shittiest part of that entire time of gaming because i was very much like uh no this kitty shit rules what are you talking about this plays so much better than what you're playing but yeah yeah that's that might be a topic for another time um and then okay the next story was crash bandicoot is now the fastest selling switch game of 2018 wow Ch- we talked about this last week. I, I think you're still right that when I was suggesting maybe it could sell faster than the PS4, it's not going to do that. But this is faster than I was actually expecting after after that conversation. Um, Crash Bandicoot, man, I, and, and Wretched Clake, all these games, all these, they, they just people are, I love them, and publishers just won't give them to them for some reason, except for like these. You know, remakes or whatever, or like the occasional Ratchet and Clank game. It feels the, like the new Crash Bandicoot game must be in development now, right? So, I, I, I that's the headline I didn't include because I I couldn't source it. I wasn't sure exactly how accurate it was, but the, basically it said uh, Activision has a five year plan for Crash Bandicoot that it's going to be it's going to be huge, and they're going to bring in everyone they need to like make it happen. And yeah, so I think you're right. It has to be in development. It sounds like it is. Yeah, it, it's interesting because. It's any project that they bring out, there's going to be under so much scrutiny if it's not right. Naughty Dog, and it won't be Naughty Dog, probably, right? Oh, so, yeah, no, no, so but it's, I mean, interesting, yeah. Well, it's weird because you're like, well, they can bring someone else in. Well, they the first time they, they did this, they brought in Traveler's Tales, which seems like the people to do it, and even that was just such a forgettable thing, right? Like, so many of those, so. I think, I mean, you know, selling well, and you're it's like, what, what have you done for me recently, and if what you've done is just slam dunked sales on the PS4 and then switch. And then every other console it's on and PC um, it's going to, a lot of people are going to be paying a lot more attention to it at Activision at a higher level and them carrying might carry forward into them like saying, okay, no, we can invest the time in a good development house and make sure that they have what they need and make it happen. And you hope that that's how this plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely is different because it is coming off of something positive in the trilogy. Whereas, the, the remasters last time came off of a negative of, well, the original mm-hmm. team isn't here anymore, and everyone knew it, and it was right. kind of, like, obvious. So, yeah, it, I'm definitely interested, and, like, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see, like, what's going to happen now, because it seemed like a thing that, like, just wouldn't happen at a point. Like, I guess Crash Bandicoot's done, and of all things, like, this remake trilogy has, like, just been this giant shot in the arm, and yep. the same as that thing's going to happen. Maybe not to quite this level, but with the Spyro thing, it's, it's going to be... Yes, like yeah, it, that's going to be a huge success as well. I mean, that's going to that probably will sell best on on Switch if it comes out first there. Uh, I guess Activision does own that. Maybe they have the same deal with the Sony. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. Crash was definitely more associated than with PlayStation than even Spyro was. So I, I don't know if they're going to want to make that same year long deal. Maybe they will. Um, okay, so let's see. I'm going to move on to Nintendo uh, more directly here. Um, so some people were disappointed with Nintendo's E3 including some of its investors uh, and they uh, who, uh, you know, I'll have to, I have to say that you know, these investor Q and A's happen with Nintendo, like pretty regularly. And they often include some of the dumbest questions I've ever read. There are there, there is an all time new favorite dumb question. Yeah. What was I sent it over to, you know, I can't remember it now. What was the one that they asked? The, the one like, that kills me is the one guy's like, yeah. with all of these, uh, this, this theme park thing at universe, aren't you worried that people are like, gonna like get the sass, like the, their fill of Nintendo there and not buy the games. It's like, have you never heard of Synergy? Like, what is even the basic logic? You're like, man, I already went on that Mario ride. I don't need to <laughs> play the new Mario game. I, it's, it's, it's baffling. Remember when they built that Harry Potter section in Universal and then people stopped buying all the Harry Potter stuff? What a it disaster. What I don't disaster even remember that turned anymore. out to be? Oh, man. Yeah, just like was... some guy just talking here himself talk. I don't know. Yeah, I the, the man, and there's always been dumb questions in that thing. I I can't remember exactly. There was one about the baseball team. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but it was just, I remember being like flabbergasted back then too. But but one person was like, "Hey, um, are you gonna have any more games?" All right, that's a good question. Nintendo said yes before the end of 2018, like the holiday of we'll 2018. Have more games, not fiscal year, and it's like games they haven't announced yet. So that's interesting. Maybe there's some surprises in there. 
Um, I, I, I'm not too shocked by this news. I, I, I guess I always assumed that Nintendo would have one more major Nintendo Direct between now and the holidays. Oh, for sure. That would involve them releasing one, like, a game they haven't announced yet. So I mean, it might even still be like that Yoshi game or like something like right. on the level of like, look, it's a new WarioWare for the Switch. Right. Like something I, I, that I, level. Exactly. I'm not expecting um, Animal Crossing, uh, which uh, I think just because they're coming out with a new 2DS version of that, uh, not, not the game, but like th- based on the old Animal Crossing, it feels like they're still like holding off on that. Um, and I wouldn't expect anything. Ma- I mean, it's obviously not Metroid Prime 4 or anything like that. I, I think the Yoshi is probably a pretty good guess. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's not like they are at a want for games for that system from other people because... Uh, here's a headline. Devolver Digital still has over a dozen games for Nintendo Switch to release later this year. A dozen from one publisher. Um, Dead Cells got announced. To, uh, you know, we knew it was coming because they announced the physical version. They confirmed uh, like late, late last night today it's going to hit Switch and everything else on August 7th. Warframe got announced. We talked about that. Skullgirls, that fighting game, got announced for the Switch. It's just... Everything's coming to the system now, so I, I I don't necessarily know what they need beyond Smash Brothers and all of this other stuff and a new Pokemon. I certainly have absolutely like I'm certainly developing a big backlog of anything. So yes, even if it isn't necessarily a lot of first first like first party Nintendo games right now. Although I am looking forward to finally playing Captain Toad. I missed it the first time, and uh, I, think I played I played it the first time, so I'm like I'm kind of on that fence about buying it again. I, I do want to play the the um, Metro. Yeah, the Super Mario Odyssey Metro City one. Yeah, that would be cool, but we'll see. I could probably just pick it up on a sale or something. Um, all right, let's get into this last story, Mike. The Hearthstone expansion. Tell me all about it. Well, you know, I, I know that I you're don't just know. tickled I with don't curiosity, know. Jeff. I am. Do you hear the excitement in my voice. Well, the, the, the fun thing is that it's, it's called the Boomsday Project. It's kind of focused on Mechs again for the first time since the, uh, Wait, the, the first. Wait, on Mexicans? Mex again. Oh, okay. It's wow. focused on the it's the Mexican expansion. <laughs> no, it's I would, I'm, now I was interested, man. I love yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, no, it's Go focused ahead. on Mex, which is for like the first time since the first expansion, which like you know came out 2014 or whatever. Goblins and gnomes. So it's it's pretty cool. There's some there's some new mechanics here, like uh, legendary spells now. There's a mechanic keywords that you can like magnetic. I mean that you can use to like combine two cards. Which we've seen done some other things, but this is kind of a neat new way to do it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, nothing super crazy yet. But it's the new expansion. There's only three of these a year. If you play Hearthstone, it's pretty big news. So here it is. Are you uh, still at a point where you're watching uh, what's his name like regularly? Trump. Yeah, not yeah. like I slowed down a little bit because I mean, it, this it is the cycle, right? It's a good thing these things time out as they do. You you kind of start to lose interest when you're this far into an expansion. You've kind of seen it all. Unless you're like, and I, I'm at this point, like, like I'm not going to play enough to get uh, Legend or anything. Right, you're not going to move up the ladder much more than you already have. No, I'm not Yeah, I'm not doing a lot of ladder climbing. I play a little bit here or there, and I watch right. these other people play because I think it's interesting. But, yeah. So, it's, it's you know, the expansion, yay. I, yeah, it, I, one, one last question about it. It is doing what you need to keep you interested, though. You said you start to lose interest. This this, this has all the stuff you need to get you. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna come oh yeah. I'm like, hey, hey, this is nice. Look at this. Look, new card. Like these, they, they've gotten pretty good at how they do these reveal seasons. Because uh, for a bit, it was like they would reveal everything a little too fast. And then it was a bit revealing right. too slow. They kind of found a good medium there where it seems like. I'm always like, oh, look at here's a batch of new cards to look at. Oh, this is interesting. What's this gonna do? And, and right. so on. So, and is is the absence of Ben Brode felt at all? A little bit. I mean, they, they do their kind of wacky announcement video thing, and it, it's still fun. But yeah, you do like, oh, Brode's not here. Okay. But you know, uh, uh, it's the way it goes. Like, like, yeah, life goes on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Mike. I think that's gonna do it for us. Um, I'm gonna hit this button right here. Um, and then we can start talking about where people can find us on the internet and where we, uh, what we'll be coming up with this week. Like, do you have any stories ca- happening? You got any features you're working on? Anything like that? Oh gosh. I had to think up today about, uh, maybe we could talk about this. the Crowfall, uh, studio is selling their engine, like, or they're licensing it like unreal engine style. And it kind of has all these MMO like tools and stuff. Um, that was the thing oh, about today. Weird. Yeah. That's real interesting. Right. So yeah, I, I wonder. Be, it feels like the, the, that 
whole concept. Like, I think we were worried, worried about like, oh, we just need engines to like do good graphics. And now like engines feel like they are this way of creating certain types of games. Like that's what, uh, that's the, one of the major factors behind Fortnite for Epic was we, they want to make live service games and like games that could do microtransactions in the background, which is why they were doing a MOBA or whatever. Uh, so they build all those tools and, and that's what makes, keeps Unreal like on the cutting edge. So uh, an MMO engine is very interesting. So you can check that story out on GamesBeat, and that's where you can always find me writing. And uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. And I am uh, Jeff Grubb on Twitter. I'm also on uh, YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. I, I've posted some of my... Uh, the, I did a Twitch stream of playing the Virtual Boy emulator on there, and I uh, I posted that to YouTube as well, so you could check out some of those games. It's it, it's pretty cool stuff. And then, uh, like I said, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. Um, and once again, if you are, if you're listening to this on audio or you're watching somewhere else, we have twitch.tv slash gamesbeat, mixer.com slash gamesbeat. You can watch this at any time. And then we always put the archive up on YouTube. So you can catch that there. All right, Mike, I'm going to say goodbye to the fine folks. Let's goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, fine folks. Have a good one. We'll, see, we'll catch you guys next week.